4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Rolling out on a BGK game night here at Tom's Urban, right on the strip. Come on down, check in before the game. You get a chance to win some tickets to a future game through uh, Tom's giveaway of hockey tickets. We've also got some NASCAR tickets of our own that we're signing people up for. So get on down here. Beautiful patio, bar outside, bar inside. Got the signature cocktail here, Tom's Urban, the Red Bull Party Starter. I'm going to get one of those before the end of the show. Willie is here. It's Cofield. We're about 10 minutes away from a convo with our national NFL insider. That's Miles Simmons. What do we do when it comes to the Raiders? We've talked about this behind the scenes. On chatter about the Raiders and who they're getting in free agency, every story that pops up on the web is not completely sourced. So what do we do? What do you do? Like, what do you believe? What don't you believe? I will only click on the media members that I basically talk to or deal with in, you know, during at the facility and, and on press row. And then, and there are some that I do speak with that I don't even read theirs because I know for a fact that they're just they're banging out copy. Like 150 to 200 words just off an interview that was heard. If you hear the word Raiders mentioned, right. or they have tweet deck and they have columns with Raider, you know, everything that's mentioned Raiders, anything that's mentioned Las Vegas Raiders, anything that's mentioned LV Raiders, anything. So something comes up, someone says something, they'll bang out 200 words because they want those clicks. Those clicks drive traffic, SEOs. So a lot of them, that's what they're, and you know, in a sense, can you fault them? Because that's what their job is. Their job is to generate clicks. Their job is to generate as much copy as possible, about 200 words, just to get you to read. Because it's kind of like videos from back in the day when webisodes started. We went from 30-minute episodes to putting on webisodes, what, the early 2000s or mid-2000s to seven minutes because short attention span. Rather than reading these long features... We got clickbait stories, 150, 200 words. Oh, I read this. So you have to know who you're going to click, who you're going to trust. One report says, one writer writes, I keep hearing Brandon Cook says high admiration for McDaniels. I don't see a scenario that he and Adams are in Las Vegas together, but I would be a little surprised if one of them isn't for the 2022 season. That is from Hondo over on Raider Nation Radio 920. I would bet Hondo right now on the odds that they get neither. He just said, I would be a little surprised if one of them isn't on the team for the 2022 season. I'll take the other side. Right. And, but this story that you just quoted isn't written by him. It's written by someone else. And they're quoting another story. That's what I'm saying. Is like He's quoted. Yeah. I mean, I trust that. Is, is, this, is this site inaccurately who, quoting him? Don't know who it is. Why do, is you, it? Do, you believe, do you believe the Raiders are getting Devontae Adams? I don't believe. For the price tag that he's, he's going to garner somewhere. Do you think that's how they're going to build this team? Well, I, I just don't. You're asking me to, to answer 
is they going to get him or they aren't? Well, here, my, what are they, my, what are they, my, what's the likelihood they get him? I think there's, I don't think, I think it's 60 40. They could. I don't think that, I don't think it's out of the question, I guess is what I'm saying, but I'm not going to sit here and say, yes, I think they're going to go get him. But I think that he's a target. I think that I think that there's a lot of teams that are sitting there watching what Aaron Rodgers is going to do right. first. Well, the thing is, if you go market to market, there's 14 teams that apparently are going to get Rodgers. Hey, let they're me gonna, ask you this: make, They're going to make an offer for Rodgers. I guess they can make an offer. Do you have a realistic chance to actually get him? I just think I we're think getting, the Raiders we're, have I, a realistic I, chance of I, getting him. I, yes. I love the NFL, right? And I love that there's so much chatter, ten and a half months a year about the NFL. But I think we got to filter through it sometimes. And a lot of it is a matter of opinion, then being reported as fact. Like, this is a report. No, it's someone's opinion. Yes. It's not a report. That is not someone from the Raiders. It's not someone who works with Devontae Adams. They didn't it's, hear it, something. It's, it's basically like taking my opinion right now. Report. Devontae Adams. Uh, use yours. Report. Devontae Adams. 60-40 chance the Raiders get him. That's a report. Yep. Absolutely. No, it's not. That's your opinion. No, I'm saying... That's what that's what people I, I, would do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you why. And then, and then what? Like if and if people are like, "Well, what's a big deal? It's just sports talk." Then there's reaction in local markets. Like it, this happens a lot with coaching hires, right? Yeah. You have Raiders people who are like, "I thought they were getting Jim Harbaugh." Well, who said that? Um, Josh McDaniels. I wanted Harbaugh. Harbaugh, in all likelihood, never got off the ground. But it's it's out there for a week or two. Their speculation is there. It was more than that. They and then all of a sudden, oh, what happened with Harbaugh? Yeah. Nothing happened with Harbaugh. It wasn't really a story. Right. It was a buzz. It was a buzz. But let's go back to Adams for a minute. Let's just let's just let's just delve into the if we're if we're gonna deep dive why I think any team is open. Because here's the deal. Devontae Adams has an established relationship, just as good at an established relationship with Derek Carr that he does Aaron Rodgers. And you establish a bond in college like you do, like better probably than you do in the pros because once you get to the pros, it's all about money. And I think in the last two seasons we've seen, hands down, Aaron Rodgers cares about himself. He's got one Super Bowl title. He's got one Super Bowl MVP. He's got four uh, MVPs. He doesn't necessarily care about Devontae Adams. There's no, I want to play, I'm going wherever he, there's no loyalty there. Devontae Adams has to see the writing on the wall. Now, that doesn't mean that he wants to pick Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers, but what I'm saying is he's got just as an established relationship, if not stronger, because you're still playing for the passion and the love of the game when you're in college. When you get to the pros, your mindset changes. So, I'm not convinced that Devontae Adams wants to go wherever Aaron Rodgers goes. Now, if he stays and your comfort zone's already there in Green Bay, then sure, why move? You're already there in the system. But maybe he's tired of the shenanigans. Maybe he does want to be courted. We don't know that. So you're right. It's an opinion, and now we're quoting people's opinions because Hondo likes to tweet a ton of stories every single day, and he is out at the facility, and he is... Um, an, a member of the media, but when you start quoting other reporters, you're absolutely right. Just like we saw with the Mark Andre Fleury um, rumor, but Dave Shane, properly reporting, went and nipped it right in the bud and got quoted by Kelly McCrimmon. Now, we've seen McCrimmon and McPhee 
throw plenty of fibs around, and we still haven't hit the trade deadline, so we don't know, you know, what's true and what's not, and if they were courting him, because one of the points in Frank Saravelli's story was absolutely true, according to my national guy, and they just put a Band-Aid on it. Coming up next, Miles Simmons will uh, join us as we get more into the Raiders' possibilities in free agency and also in the draft. What's the biggest position of need in the draft? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, it was unbelievable. All the fans, I mean, it was packed. I haven't seen a stadium that packed since before COVID. It was really cool. The fans were super engaged. It was a really cool experience, something I've never been a part of. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I love that we play this game at least one every year. So I'm excited to come back and fans were awesome. So thank you guys, all the Jags fans and all the football, American football fans in London. Appreciate y'all. You're listening to Cofield and Company live at Tom's Watch Bar. Raiders going to get a lot of looks at Trevor Lawrence with the Hall of Fame game. And then also, well, it's not guaranteed yet. I was going to say Raiders to London against the Jags, but Raiders could also be going to London to face the Saints. We don't know yet. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, is with us. Miles, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? We're good. We're good. Have you been to one of these international games uh in London? Yes, I, I have. I've, I've been to two of them um, when I was working for the Rams. They played there in 2016 and 2017. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a cool experience. We were in Twickenham Stadium, um, which they don't play in anymore because they have uh, that uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is basically built for the, uh, the NFL. So they don't use Twickenham. But it, I just remember it was cold because there's no real press box. Everybody's outside. So I'm just like sitting there with my hands freezing trying to type. But, you know, it's a fun atmosphere. You see jerseys of all kinds. Um, I don't know. Better trip for Raiders fans. New Orleans or London? New Orleans? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get the finish. All right. Easy. Easy call. I don't know. I've Easy never call. been to London. Maybe maybe, maybe I mean, London's freaking wild. London's cool. I, I've had I've had some fun times in London, but like, man, you want to do you want to take a quicker domestic trip to New Orleans and you know have a blast and you know get hurricanes and go down on Bourbon Street, or do you want to take a much longer flight all the way over to London and have to change currencies and do everything that that entails? Got to get your passport ready and all that. Nah, just take take the shorter trip and have a darn good time down there in New Orleans. So, Miles, aside from the Jaguars, who agreed to do this every year, how does it actually work to where uh, teams are picked, but especially in the case of the Packers, who were the last team to have to go international, and they're finally going to go? Yeah, so it's interesting now because you've got this 17th game, um, and so most of the teams that you're seeing, and they didn't really announce that they were hosting the games right as they used to do. Um, the international games, but all of these teams, aside from the Jaguars, are the NFC teams because the NFC now has the ninth home game in the regular season coming up this year. So that's kind of how the one team is going to get determined. So the, the, because the Packers had never played internationally, it's kind of an obvious thing. Well, like you'll give up the one extra home game that you were supposed to have this year, and you can go over and, and play internationally. Um, but now they've also got this thing where you know teams have claims over certain international markets. So the Buccaneers have some stuff going on over there um, with Germany. So that's why they're playing in Germany this year. They're likely to play the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs also have rights over there in Germany. It's, it's kind of interesting the way this is all worked itself out. 
out. But you know, next year I would expect that you know, in addition to the Jaguars, you would have four to five or however many other international games they're going to play. AFC teams that are going to be kind of the host team for that game where you lose the ninth home game on your schedule. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. Let's um, let's get into the quarterback. So a lot of the rumors have been around the availability of Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Do we have to deal with the reality that Kyler Murray may be available? Uh, I don't think the Cardinals want Kyler Murray to be available. Uh, and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury especially wants Kyler Murray to be available, right? Because Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray share the same agent. So in, some, in a lot of ways, they're kind of tied together at the hip. Not just from the standpoint of, oh, yeah, they hire Cliff Kingsbury and he immediately drafts uh, Kyler Murray at number one overall. And so they move on from Josh Rosen. And by all accounts, that was a very good decision. Um, But I I think it's a weird leverage play at this point from Kyler Murray's camp to be so public with this whole thing of, well, you know, you guys don't seem to want to pay me what I'm worth. I was like, well, wait a minute. Big Kyler Murray, what exactly have you done? Right? Like you've taken the team to the playoffs once. I think that statement that his agent released yesterday was talking about how he made the Pro Bowl. Big freaking whoop. Mac Jones was a Pro Bowler this year. The Pro Bowl does not mean anything and should not be cited for anything when it comes to contract negotiations at this point. And I think anybody with half a brain, you know, in the NFL and around the NFL understands that. So I don't know that Colin Murray is going to be available now. I mean, he's not really in a good position to have much leverage over this situation because he's just coming off of his third year. And by the way, last few times we saw that dude play, he was not playing very well. I technically blame uh, more Cliff Kingsbury on that playoff performance that we saw. That was absolute dog water against the Los Angeles Rams. But it doesn't necessarily mean that Kyler Murray was able to overcome that because he wasn't. So... I don't know if it was his ankle or whatever it might have been, but we got to think about it from this standpoint. Last time we saw you play, there was no definitive read that, yeah, you're going to be a guy to really, really build around for the long term. He's got some more stuff to prove, and I don't blame the Cardinals for their stance right now. The stuff that they put out there as agent, Tyler Murray, it's very amateurish. I know like, you totally you expressed a, what, what is this word salad? Who do you blame that on? Oh, that's a good question. I, 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 at this point, I, I guess I kind of blame it on the agent, but the agent works for the player, right? So, I mean, there must have been, there must have been something that either Kyler Murray wants or somebody that's advising him has convinced Kyler Murray of to say, like, look, we need to go after this stuff right now. We need to do it now, right? So that's why you saw. Kyler Murray remove all of the Cardinals related things from his social media pages. And then he's out there being like, well, I'm not about this nonsense. So it's like, well, what does that even mean? What is the nonsense? I mean, the nonsense started when he decided to remove all of the Cardinals related things from his social media pages. And everybody's like, well, what does this mean? And everybody's like, I don't know. And there's no comment from the agent. So like, that's kind of where the nonsense started. But then by the same token, you've got somebody leaking to Chris Mortensen. Like, hey, this guy, he's terrible. He's not a very good teammate. You know, he's uh, selfish and he's not a good leader and he's this and he's that. And that to me is also a hit job on a young player. And I, I think both of the sides right now are pretty wrong in this, and I don't know what's it, what it's going to take in order for them to work it out, but they need to just sit down in a room and act like adults and do it. 
It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Tom's Urban on a Tuesday. We're getting ready for a Golden Knights game right around the corner at the Fortress. We're at New York, New York. Telland Casino, beautiful bar inside, nice bar outside, patio, rocking and rolling. They've got the uh, signature cocktail of the Red Bull Party Starter, and Miles Simmons is with us. Hey, Miles, let's get into the uh, the story that you guys had on PFT, and it was it was pretty layered about some grand plans that the Miami Dolphins had before everything blew up with Flores. Yeah, wasn't that interesting? So uh, Mike Florio reported this out, and you can read the story there at ProFootballTalk.com, as uh, Steve just mentioned. But apparently right after uh, the Dolphins decided after the season to part ways with Brian Flores, their initial plan was to go after both Sean Payton and Tom Brady and pair them together for the 2022 season and beyond, and however that would have worked. So the interesting thing is, you know, if you're talking about Sean Payton, that would have had to have been some sort of trade, right? And, you know, that kind of cave was starting to come about maybe before Sean Payton actually announced that he was going to step back and resign his position from the New Orleans Saints and then take this year off. Now we're seeing that he's probably going to be in broadcasting. And obviously the Dolphins have decided to stick with Tua Tungavailoa and they also hired Mike McDaniel. But the interesting thing is trying to go after Tom Brady again. Right, so we all, I think, know by now that the unnamed back that um, uh, Brian Flores has accused Stephen Ross of trying to get him to tamper with a couple of years ago was Tom Brady. You know, when it was uh, Tom Brady was heading into free agency, and they were supposed to be meeting on the yacht. Brian Flores claims that he then was like, "No, I'm not going to do this," and he left. Right, so it, it there it speaks to what is an interesting fascination in Steven Ross and getting a franchise quarterback of Tom Brady's caliber, you know, after being beaten by him for so many years down there in the AFC East, well, you try to, if you can't beat him, you know, bring him in and make him join you. Right. So it would have been a really, really interesting proposition to have him in the AFC East again and going against Belichick two times a year. My question is, it, it, it seems like a big get and a big, I mean, you're striving for something huge. Sean Payton's one thing, but if Tom Brady wasn't going to retire and he had did, he did what he did in the first two seasons, knowing Brady's competitiveness, I mean, what what's the entire, why leave? I, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's part of the issue with it, right? You can have all the plans that you want until you get smacked in the mouth, right? So if I'm Sean Payton and or Tom Brady, I'm not sure why exactly this would entice me to go down there to South Florida and, and be a part of the Dolphins franchise. I, I have no idea. But that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean that they couldn't have had that plan to try to entice them and to try to lure them in. But yeah, I, really, I mean, I, I have no idea why either Brady or Sean Payton would really want to do that. So, Miles, the, you know, Steve and I just had a conversation a little bit ago about clickbait stories and what, what to believe, what not to believe, especially here in Las Vegas, right? We're in the third year of, of the Raiders being here or we're approaching the third year of the Raiders being here. Obviously, we knew they were coming for a couple, but um, the fact of the matter is the Raiders, in my opinion, I, I did read one story, they're, they're, they're more than a quick fix away from, from being able to make a run. What are some of the things that, in your opinion, that they're going to be looking at that's, that's real in terms of making a fix or, or making some adjustments that they're going to be looking at at the Combine? 
That's interesting. It's a, it's a good question. I mean, you, you, first of all, you look at every position, right? Any competent general manager, any competent head coach that, that's there. And now we're seeing more and more teams are actually not sending some of their top brass there because of just the availability of all the technology. And there's all this film and there's this and there's that. Um, but if you're at the combine and you're the Raiders, I think one of the things you're looking for is OL. You have to make sure that the offensive line is right, because if your five up front aren't right, then it doesn't matter. And I'm talking about on offense. If you're, if your five up front aren't right, then the rest of the offensive scheme is just not going to be as good. And I think that we can say, and probably in part because of the personnel moves that they made going into last season, the Raiders offensive line took a bit of a step back, right? Alex Leatherwood, you drafted to be your right tackle. He ends up being your right guard. That's that's not ideal. Okay, it, that's not. And I, I hesitate to say that it was the failure yet because he was still starting for the team. But it's not like you know when you draft a guy that high in the first round and you initially put him at one spot, you expect him to move to another. That's just not something that you want to have happen um, early on there. Um, but I think really, if you're Ziegler and you're McDaniel's, you have a plan of what your team should look like at basically all 22 starting positions because you've worked together for so long, because you've known each other for so long. So whether it's, you know, you're talking about linebackers, right? And okay, who's going to fit with what Patrick Graham wants to do defensively? And how do those guys fit with the team, with the people that are already on the team? That's another position where I think you could look. Defensive tackles, another position. Safety, Right. I mean, are you really getting what exactly what you want to get out of somebody like Jonathan Abram? Who can you supplement at the edge rusher where you have somebody like Crosby, you have somebody like Ngakwe and those two guys are great, but you have to have more than just those guys in order to really be at an elite level, especially considering the passers that you have in the AFC West in Mahomes in somebody like uh, Justin Herbert and who knows if Aaron Rodgers is also going to be there. So I think at this point, it's about what can you do to con start constructing the team and start constructing the program that you want. And you get a, a bit of a sense of that at the combine, you know, as you see guys and they're doing their workouts and you get to meet with them for 15 minutes or whatever. But really, it's the top 30 visits that the guys you bring into your facility. You know, it's the visits that you take um, to go visit at, at their campus, when you see them at the pro days, I think all of those things really play into, okay, what is the shape of this team that we want to take? Miles, we got about a minute left, so I'll okay. give you your choice. Very different topics. Do you want to hit Art Bryles or do you want to hit Euphoria? Oh boy. Ah, <laughs> let's do Art Bryles okay. because that's what Hugh Jackson tried to do at Grambling is a fireable offense to me. I don't know. And I understand that there is still pending litigation out there. And we have to use the word allegedly because we have to be responsible. But what Art Bryles is alleged to have covered up is one of the most heinous things that you can ever do. Right. And I don't understand why anybody, anybody would think that he is employable at any level of football. He's not. And I under also understand that people would say, you know, we don't all deserve to be judged by the worst thing that we've ever done. Or I would hate to be judged by the worst thing I've ever done. Well, maybe that's true. But when you are alleged to have done the things that Art Bryles has done and covered up the things that he is alleged to have covered up, you don't deserve a second chance. He deserves to, he does not deserve to have another job in football. He lost that privilege. And frankly, Hugh Jackson's ass should also be on the curb for trying to hire him. 
I agree. Real shaky by you, Jackson. Real, real shaky. Miles, what do you got coming up on uh, PFT? Uh, well, we've got a lot of interviews coming from uh, the NFL Scouting Combine this week. So everybody is down there. I mean, you got Chris Sims down there. I'm not down there. Neither is Mike Florio. But we'll be airing those in our usual PFT PM time slot. Uh, and I will be co-hosting the show on Wednesday and on Friday. So be sure to check that out on Peacock, the official streaming home of The Office. Miles, you're awesome. Thanks for being patient. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you. See you guys. Miles Simmons, ProFootballTalk.com on the way back. Fat Pack, nice reward. Right up my alley, for sure. The uh, Lady Rebels win the conference, and they get a pretty... I, I was stoked when I saw this video. Really stoked. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield & Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I... In Las Vegas, you can sit in the sun and camp. I get my color from a sunray lamp. When so I yesterday I saw a bunch of people talking ice cream, right? So we talked yeah. peanut butter earlier because I refuse to talk about the Major League Baseball lockout and cancellation of the first couple of weeks. If you didn't see that, you hadn't heard it, that's what's going on. First two weeks of the regular season canceled because the owners don't want to run the business. They want to try to fix the business. At least they think it needs fixing. Anywho. Yeah, there was some weird meme that went out yesterday about greatest ice cream of all time. And then I just happened to see that um, the Lady Rebels, UNLV Lady Rebels, got a visit from the AD at UNLV, Eric Harper, yeah. who came in and was like, great job. Here's a reward. Congratulations on winning a championship. And in honor of that, since you ladies have a tradition after every win to get ice cream, we brought ice cream and cake this time. God, I like ice cream cake. I wish I was there. Wait, was it ice cream cake or ice cream and cake? Ice cream and cake. But it looked like an ice cream cake. But you're right. It could have been just a regular cake. I forgot to. I forgot we are the show of details, so this could turn into 25 minutes on whether it was maybe they blew it and they only got cake when they really wanted ice cream, cake. And ice. You know what I'm saying? They wanted ice cream and ice cream cake. The original. Well, I'm sure back in New Jersey you had there were a lot of the old school ice cream parlors. Well, um, that and the, the the famous place there was Carvel. Yes. Who really blew up with the freaking ice cream cake? There's a great place in Boulder City, right next to the coffee cup, and it's got like the old school ice cream parlor feel and candy shop feel um and i don't know the name of it but um ice cream cakes were good back in the day i mean that was i'll reach out to sources to see if they got both an ice cream and an ice cream i'm gonna cake. have an answer by the end of the show because i'm gonna text the source okay all right i guess we'll see who can win this battle all right with that said i guess we gotta go to break we're both gonna be texting about uh I, I what the a, deal was with the with the unlv ladies if they got are you ready are you ready we'll get the champagne out of it in just a second quick baseball update I mean, if you want, I to me, this is stupid. Bottom of the eighth, Utah 12, UNLV 6. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Let's bring Penny out of it from Nesson and FS1. And uh, Sam was loaded up on the back end. And you can hear how grumbly I am today. 
Um, and I'll be honest with you, one of the reasons I'm really grumbly is baseball. And Sam, I don't know if you know, but we because we said we, we kind of stated, a, a, I don't know, five weeks ago when the lockout started that we were not covering baseball at all. And we banned it from the show. And but deep down, like I still like baseball and I am completely pissed off today. You have no idea how upset I am. I actually, I had to have a guy run across the border from Illinois through Indiana to Michigan. It was a whole ordeal. Well, because we had to bet the White Sox at 15 to 1 to win the World Series. Right. So, I, you know, I sent a buddy of mine on a wild goose chase. He had to cross the borders. He had to sign up for an account. He had to make the bet, $1,000 bet to win 15000 on the White Sox. And he texted me about three hours ago. I can't repeat what he said. But he's like, you made me do what and go yep. all this way to make a bet on a season that won't even happen. And here's the thing. And I told the audience at the beginning of the show, like baseball, I don't think realizes that it's a very regional sport. Um, it really has like about a six week. I think it's less than that. Um, ISO part of the season where they actually have the country. But beyond that, football goes like 10 and a half months now. So I think they're making a big mistake here. But the other reason it pisses me off is that I'm really in a fantasy baseball and it's going to completely screw up fantasy baseball, especially especially for keeper leagues, right? Where you build to have teams in certain years, and now the season's going to be altered that way. Um, it's just, it's a mess. It doesn't need to happen. And uh, I don't know if you you want to say your final piece on this, or because if not, I'm moving on. Yeah, I'm moving I mean, on I to sports that actually want to play. Well, I think it's worth you know noting at this point. You know, I think. A lot of professional bettors will tell you, like, oh, don't bet futures. You don't want to tie up your money all that long. I <laughs> I, I was, I was going to make a bet. I was going to have somebody go to the Westgate and make a bet on Riley Green, who's a very good young prospect in the Tigers yeah. organization, to win the AL Rookie of the Year. I think that number is too high. This is a kid who eventually is going to hit three, four, five in that lineup. I believe he had 25 homers last year. Um, combined between double and triple A. But why would I bet that now? You know, like if there's no season, like I already have that White Sox money tied up. Now, if the season's locked out, I will get it back. But I don't want to put any more money in limbo that I won't be able to touch for six, seven months. And then, you know, if I have a couple thousand dollars that I can't touch, that's no good. Like the best part about having a future bet is you know that there's a result. You know that there's a season one way or the other. We don't know that about baseball, so I'm in no hurry to make any more future bets in baseball. There's no point. Yeah, so you're talking last week about Bobby Witt Jr. as a candidate as well. All right, well, like I said, let's get to the sports that want to play and, frankly, are bigger, and they're not even playing right now. Like, I have more interest right now in – I think this is fascinating. Are there offshores – and you can tell me if there's a U.S. book taking action on this. Are there offshores actually taking action on where the Manning kid – Arch Manning is going to commit now. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I thought you were going to ask me about the combine. I guess we can get to that after this because there are legal books taking. Yeah, there are combine bets out there legally. Um, yeah. I don't know that this is a legal out. It can't be. I don't. I can't imagine in the United States of America we can bet on where a college kid can go or a kid can go to college. So this has to be offshore. But I did see numbers on Arch Manning son of Cooper and a nephew of Peyton and Eli, Georgia Bulldogs, two to one, Texas Longhorns, two fifty, Alabama, seven to two, Old Miss, five to one. Yeah. The hard part here would be having limits that are more than like a couple hundred bucks because of inside information. 
someone's going to know eventually. Um, so that would be dangerous. I don't know. Does it feel unethical? Like, it, is there going to be a U.S. book eventually that will take uh, money on TV high school football games? I can't imagine. That is such a red flag. And then it's the conversation of, well, where does it end? Can I bet a nickel on the Little League World Series now? Can I bet on 12-year-olds? Is that where we're going? I don't want to. I have no interest in it because they're 12-year-olds. But I I have a feeling that we cross the line on where um, a student athlete will attend. You know, we don't even get in a lot of states, Steve. We don't have individual player prop bets on college players. You know, some states like Illinois, for example, you can't bet on any individual performance in the state of Illinois. So if Michigan is playing in Champaign against the Illini, I can't bet on the quarterback to throw a touchdown or two or three. I can't bet on the kicker to have this many points. At the college level, it gets murky with the prop stuff. I can't imagine a world where legally we can bet on a high school kid or a high school game. That seems to be that seems to be too deep down the pit, if you know what I mean. What are we most worried about in that case? Protecting the kid or the fix? Like protecting the kid from all the pressure? You know, protecting kids on those teams or or the potential fix? It's the fix. It has yeah. to be. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't have I didn't plan on having this conversation today, but I mean if if it's two high school teams, and I think this is where it gets murky. Potentially, you get to a situation where there's the top team in the class in 6A, 7A, 8A, whatever, and they're playing the worst team in the conference, and the spread should be 48 or whatever, and that team goes up 3-3. to three. Does the quarterback know that? Did somebody get to the quarterback? And at that level, you know, these high school kids, they're not making money. So 50 bucks, 100 But I remember being in high school being like, I got $100 for Christmas from one of my uncles. I thought that was a million dollars in high school. Imagine if some high school hotshot quarterback yeah. gets gotten or gets, you know, somebody gets advantage and somebody could talk to the guy. I don't, I don't want to even think about it, but that's right. why this stuff will never happen. A couple, couple thousand dollars with uh, hundreds of thousands on the line. Sam Paniotovich, Nassan, Fox Sports One, gambling expert. I'm with us on Tuesdays as we're live uh, right before the VGK game here at Tom's Urban, right on the strip inside New York, New York. Hotel and Casino. All right, combine betting. So what is available early on here? At DraftKings, which is, you know, one of the bigger books in this country, you can bet on the bench press, the broad jump, 40-yard dash, 60-yard shuttle, three-cone drill, and the vertical leap. I'll give you an example here. So for the bench press, the number on the most reps on the rack, 39 and a half. Will somebody throw up 225, 40 times or more? And that's nice. minus 110. I think it's over. It's got to be over. Well, I know Adam Hill was touting the offensive line prospect from uh, Minnesota, who's 6'8", 390, that he might be able to do it. So I'd have to look at a whole chart and see what the the numbers are and see what they're – I mean, like seriously, you'd have, to do, you'd have to do research on this and see if they've ever done it in college, right? You would have to get the right information, but I, I think it's, you know, you want to get to somebody that covered the Big Ten because a lot of those Big Ten practices and media sessions and all that, like, you can see these players training. So to your example, the guy from Minnesota who weighs 390 million pounds, I have a feeling he can get me to 40 reps. And here's some context for you. The record for benching 225 pounds 
Stephen Paye did it 49 times in 2011. You need 40. 18 different prospects have done 41 or more. Aren't wow. these kids getting bigger and stronger? Isn't the like, – what am I missing here? All right. Sounds like the over. Is that the recommendation? Yeah, I'm going over. The one I have no idea on is the uh, the highest vertical jump, which is 43 and a half inches. I have no idea. I have no idea. And then here's what they're doing. The books are baiting you on this one. Will anybody break the NFL combine record in the 40-yard dash? The record was posted by John Ross, who did a 4-2-2 in 2017. Yes, the record will be broken is 5-1, to one, but they're baiting you there, right? How so? Nobody's breaking that record. <laughs> you just said bigger, stronger, faster on the lifting stuff. You could have, you know, John Dotson go out there and run a freaking 4-2-1, 4-2-4-1-9. You never know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like that trends guy. I just I only play the trends when they go in my favor, right? Like that's what the influencers are all doing on Twitter, right? So you had a laundry list of things you could bet at the combine. You know what I want to bet, but they're actually not using the tool anymore, the Wonderlick. I think that would be amazing. The problem is they never actually make it public. They only leak it for dumbasses and, uh, you know, people that they want to kind of screw over. The Wonderlick, the uh, I'll call it, I don't even know what to call it because it's not truly an intelligence test. Um, that, that, that would, I think, garner big action. So if you were to put a Wonderlick over underscore on Vince Young, what would the number be? Well, I think we know what he got. I think he, I, I think he got like an eight. He um, got a six. He got six. a six. I mean, if I, based on what I see today, if I put an over under on what Phil Sims got in the Wonderlick, I would say a seven. But I think he actually got a twelve, so I'd lose that one. Just to give you some context on that, Tom Brady scored a thirty-three. Right. Russell Wilson scored a twenty-eight, and Vince Young scored a six. Yeah. Have you ever? Uh, I think I think Marino got sub ten as well. Have you ever taken the Wonderlick? I have not. Marino actually have that in front of me. Marino got a sixteen on the Wonderlick. I've never taken it. What, like, what's even on it? Um, there's some math. There's some English. There's some equations. I think most of it is pressure and time management, and figuring out when you can't answer a question to move on quickly. So it's uh, to me, it's mostly the it's it's managing and pressure. Uh, but you do have to have some, you know, basic schooling. And if you go to a school and you don't go to class or they don't give a, a rat's ass if you go to class, then you're going to do terribly. We had a, one of the hosts at ESPN uh, Las Vegas at the time got a zero because he answered like eight questions, didn't guess any of them correct, and walked out. So you got a zero. So I am taking a Wonderlick practice test right now. Here's the first question. Massive. Well, but it, but it, doesn't, it doesn't do any good without, without the time limit. But go ahead. There's give, a time the limit on my thing. I have a six-minute limit. You're ruining my time right now. I'm going to get a three. The first question, here's how simple it is. Massive is similar to blank. Minute, granular, huge, ding, 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 or particular. That's easy. I would, if, don't take this the wrong way, my guess is, because I think it's 50 questions in 12 minutes, you would get in the mid-20s. I'd go over 25. Uh, Adam Hill got over 40. I got a 38. Uh, we had a listener get a 48. The, the big, you know what, you know where you have an advantage, Sam, because you're still writing actively. If if you are if you are a writer, uh, you're still kind of in that practice of you know doing this stuff, and also if your your mind is working in terms of uh, math skills, and you have a chance. But as you get older and you get away from schooling, it's a hard test. 
That sounds like something an old guy like you would say. Now, what's Willie's over-under? I haven't taken it, but my question to you is, what would your over-under be for the bench press of 225? Harry, you want to get after Willie? Let's go. Now you got the gym guy. Now you got the lifter. Go ahead. All right, so Willie's reps at 225, I'd give Willie like 15 and a half. Oh, you better bet the under, dude. Oh, for see, rep- I was giving you, I was giving yeah. you credit yeah. there. Yeah, right. no, for reps, for we're talking reps. No, it, it took it took me a long time to be able to just throw that up without a spot and comfortably get underneath that because I've always been a low weight, high rep guy, hypertrophy, hit workouts. So it's just in the last year that I've moved forward in with powerlifting movements, but I don't powerlift, but doing the basic compound movements of bench press, deadlift, squat, and going for heavy to try to max out. But now, I mean, at my age with the with my joints, I, I just don't do I, I may do that once in a while. Squats would be the biggest thing that I'll go after. But bench for 225, I'm not sure what I could rep out at, but I'm not getting 15 in one set. No shot. So hold on. Hold on, Willie. Can this guy that weighs 400 pounds put up 225 40 times easy? Uh, that's not guaranteed because of his weight. He, just because you're he- just because you're big, um, it's all about upper body strength. It's about calc- you know being able to engage, you know your your chest muscles, your your, your pectoral muscles, and also your arms. You know your triceps. There's a lot in your core. You have to engage your core. Those three compound movements I just mentioned, um, they all engage your core. A lot of powerlifters and bodybuilders. They won't do abs before a specific show because those compound movements, as long as you're engaging your core and doing proper form, you're getting your core workout during those. They'll wait to the last six, four to six weeks before a competition to actually work on their abs. So a bigger guy doesn't necessarily mean he's going to rep out 40 reps at 225. It's all about what he can push. I've seen big people not have a lot of strength because they win themselves. Full breakdown, my friend. You asked. I'm taking the Wonderlick test tonight because now that I heard no one's no one's taking it. I'm taking it tonight. You got to do it in the real environment. Doug Marsh is actually one of our. uh, Did you and Adam Hill take it in the real environment? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. We actually we had a whole setup with the con with the uh, with the. uh, I was going to say the contestants with the listeners. I'm sorry. I thought you did it online. I was going to do it for tomorrow's shows and get a report back. Sammy, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck in whatever you're betting this week, and I hope you get some good futures down for March Madness. I'm going to take a shot for every rep. I'm going over, baby. I'll see you at the gym. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sam Penionovich. Thanks, Sam. See you. Yeah, we really – we uh, probably about eight years ago, we – at the NFL draft party, mm-hmm. we invited people, and it was in, like, just a real quiet room. We had uh, – I think we did half the test. We did 25 questions in six minutes, and Doug was – a, a long time ago, a certified, whatever, test master for the Wonderlick. And we probably put, I don't know, eight of us through the ringer on air and about 20 listeners. Wow. It, I'm telling you, it's there's it's intense. pressure, man. It's intense. They're not using it anymore, though. So you can't bet on it. No one's going get, to get the leak you know, out there. Um, and to Sam's point, what he said, an old guy would defend the test. That way I defend the test as being difficult, but I also think standardized tests can be bullcrap. Because you can learn how to take tests. And there are a lot of people who are just not good taking tests, and they right. score really poorly. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.